Yeah. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440, 902, as we welcome in a special guest to the studio, Brian Benning. Morning, Benny. How you doing? Morning, morning. Always good. Always good. You made your way here. I was surprised. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like, it's tough. You're just like, it's Indy 500 for you whenever you're driving. Well, traffic's heavy. <laughs> I guess people, St. Albert don't start till nine or so. so. <laughs> traffic was heavy. We go back quite a long ways, don't we? We do. You know, yeah. 20, I, well, I got here in 97, 98. I think we met right off the bat. Yeah. You're quite a bit older than me, though. Let's just clarify I think that. we're the same age, or I think you got one year on me, I think. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, let's do uh, In the Community with Brian Benning. Uh, brought to you by United Sport & Cycle. You need something for an athlete or sports fan on your list. United Sport & Cycle has been your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. So I think the first time, or one of the first times we met, and boy, this is a guy that put me in my place in like five seconds. I thought I was the biggest smart ass and I'm MC I thought I was just going to be great and we were talking about we were doing a, a dinner you and I did a it was for I think it was Bobby O's midget triple a uh, all-star game, game. Probably all-star sports, game. Yeah. and it was you know all the kids were there they had you know tons of kids and parents and and I thought oh yeah here's a big carry so come in and say uh, uh, Brian Benning 568 games played but seven or eight teams they used to call him the suitcase blah 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 so then Benny takes the mic over and says um, how many games did you play in the NHL carriers and I was like none <laughs> and I felt like just a total this really you know just trying to be smart Alec and it backfired. Kev, I've been in lots of locker rooms. We know how to hold ourselves. <laughs> There's quite a few japs that go back and forth. So, And coming from a family of four, don't oh, worry. Yeah, <laughs> I can hold my own. Oh, <laughs> no question about that. So when you... I, I guess let's go back to the beginning with your career. When you came out of junior, you had the opportunity to go to the national team. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of, not that saying they forget that part of your career, but it was such a big and integral part of your career because you were Dave King and yeah. uh, a lot of great players just at that time in the mid-80s. Why did you make that decision to do that? So, you know, hockey's got some in-between scenarios, right? Junior to pro, um, you know, guys go to the minors. Everybody thinks they need to go there. I disagree. But, you know, I, I looked at this opportunity to say the guys that are there, it's equivalent to maybe the minor league team. We're going to be playing players in Sweden, Germany, Russia that are NHL players, right? So I just looked at it as a good stepping stone. And uh, so one of my lines there is, you know, a knock against me is, you know, I, I never knew how to play defense, right? And so, and that is a knock on probably all the offensive guys that are sitting out there, right? Yeah. And, and my answer to it was, well, right, because I really didn't play much defense. And that's what Dave King sat me down and he said, Brian, your offense will take you there, but your defense will keep you there. So this is what we need to learn out of this opportunity. So use it as an opportunity when you're playing against, you know, the top Russians mm-hmm. at that time they were pro players and uh, you know Larionov guys like that Makarov guys you know that came in and just stepped in and were excellent pro players so it was an opportunity to learn how to play the other part of the game that I really didn't touch base with Dave King boy he was a prepared guy wasn't he he was yeah he was we were very well yeah. prepared we knew 
we knew everything. We were well conditioned. We knew what our our fitness level needed to be at to compete. Um, but he was the coach that taught me the game of hockey. You know, when you didn't have the puck, you mm-hmm. know, everyone. You know, we always would get the puck and go skate and away we went, right? But when you don't have it, where's your position? Where's your feet? Where's your stick? You know, what are we looking for? Thinking, you know, one or two mm-hmm. pylons ahead. I'm going to get quick sidebar, put your oiler goggles on, because we talk lots. We phone each other, talk about the oilers. And just to, just to say what you said about what Dave King said to you, your offense will get you here, your defense will keep you here. What have we seen with Evan Bouchard in the last two, three weeks? It's yeah. kind of, it, that's a similar analogy, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is, you know, it's kind of like golf, right? When you, when almost you try too hard, you know, you want to put that thing 400 yards, it ends up going 200 in the bush. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just got to relax. You got to take a bigger look around, but you got to make some commitments, right? Offense, I think, is a, is a skill set and defense is a commitment, and you got to make that commitment to play the game. Your first full season in St. Louis, you must have been working the power play. You must have been the point man on the power play. 13 goals, 36 assists yeah. in 78 games. And really, so that's your rookie season. Yeah. You must have went, holy, this yeah, is easy, this, man. This, <laughs> this is what, What's going on yeah, what's here? What's so hard about this? <laughs> So I use the term, it's my first year, everything, you know, things go in sometimes and sometimes they don't. And uh, my first year, I would shoot the puck. It would be a, a wrist shot from the point and I had a screen and the goalie didn't see it and it would go in. So everything happened. But I use the term, yes, I, I got an opportunity to play in my skill set. Um, I was an offensive guy and... Um, you know, but also I played with a, a Rob Ramich as a partner, and they looked at the game sheet and they said, "Well, Benning or Ramich, let's take two steps over towards Ramich, and let's give Benning an open ice." And uh, you know, he's a rookie; he won't know what to do with it, and da 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 da. So, you know, I made the most of that opportunity, but that was a coaching situation as well, right? And now the thought process was put the older guy with the younger guy and help him out. And Rob, Rob really did help me out. And to this day, we stay in contact and talk. But uh, you know, the next year I didn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. That opportunity changed, right? And now it's well, let's take two steps closer towards Brian Benning as opposed to Charlie Bourgeois. And, you know, so it's also how they set the table, I use the term. How do coaches set the table for players coming up, right? After St. Louis, uh, you... Before I get to the Philadelphia, because we, we've got a story for Philadelphia, I think we'll save that because it's a bit of a longer story. We might save that for the next segment. But th- then you went to the LA Kings. What was your time like in LA? It was awesome. Uh, you know, the Gretzky era, Bruce McNall, um, you know, lots of glitz. Um, the stars came out and they came into our dressing room. It was a real... You go from St. Louis... Um, <clears throat> you know, to LA and it was a big deal, right? Playing with Gretz and the Larry Robinsons, the John Tonellis, the Dave Taylors, Luke Robitaille's, um, you know, Tom Laidlaw, Barry Back came there too, right? So it was, uh, it was glitzy. What was that glitz and, and glamour like with 99, I guess, leading the way? But again, you mentioned Bruce McDowell and he was... I just kind of started, I finished watching that winning time with Jerry Buss. So this was the next stage, the evolution of what a pro franchise was supposed to be like in L.A. I mean, the Lakers were the Lakers, but the Kings were just yeah. kind of coming on there. They were just coming on. Uh, Bruce McNall was a uh, is a wonderful gentleman. 
just a really interesting guy, uh, full of life, very generous, um, you know, just just an awesome person. I got a ton of stories on him, too. So that's <laughs> well, another day. <laughs> we got lots of time today, Benny. Um, at the end of your career, you came here to Edmonton. What was that? Uh, it was a shorter time. But what, I guess, playing in Edmonton, and you, uh, again, you saw all the great players growing up and, and things like, and the success. Mm-hmm. And then, so what was that like, I guess, playing in your hometown? It was excellent. It was, it was fun. I, not the circumstance I kind of wanted. I was having a great year in Philly. It was my contract year. And, um, you know, it's just one of those times that, uh, it was the bad part of the sport is, you know, I wanted to stay in Philly, really, and I really liked it there. Very little travel on that East Coast mm-hmm. and uh, enjoyed that. And, um, you know, they made a decision to trade me, and I don't know why. And I don't know why, uh, you know, Sather picked me up either. So I, uh, you know, I played out that year. I got traded here in January. A hometown kid. My wife's from here and, and family and all that that goes with that. And that's that's another... Uh, that's another uh, story within itself because it's it's an interesting dynamic and how do you deal with it and and then uh, I, I ended up you know going elsewhere and signing with uh, uh, after that with the Florida Panthers yeah. and the expansion. Brian Benning, our guest on Sports fourteen forty. So you you have that experience of playing here in Edmonton, then geez, a long time later, twenty years later or whatever, your son comes and plays here as well. Yeah. What did you tell Matt about how to handle stuff like that here? So we talked about it, um, you know, prior to, you know, he was drafted by Boston and then uh, went to college, became a free agent and basically went to an opportunity and went to the best opportunity. He interviewed four or five teams and, uh, you know, they talked about what, you know, what gave you the best feeling, right? And, uh, you know, at the time I, I've got a couple other stories about right shot uh, defensemen out there and, you know, that different, we looked at Edmonton's opportunity. They had 11 defensemen and two of them shot right so we thought that maybe there was an opportunity and that's what you need in this league as uh, is an opportunity so that's how it became number two son mike in the florida uh, organization how's he doing he's doing excellent um he's playing in their minor league team and he's, he's kind of learning the ropes um you know i think that you know, the American League is, is a good league. The guys are fast enough and they're stronger than college, so it's a step up there. Um, you know, I think college is more freewheeling and passing, multi, you know, facets to the speed uh, is probably better at the college and the passing level is, is you know, uh, improved. But it's, it's, it is a different game in the American League and you gotta, you got to adjust to it and play within it. And, I mean, Florida's got a good team. Yep. And it's going to be a hard lineup for him to crack, but got to keep working at it. Uh, Caroline would be all over me if I don't mention Abby, uh, mm-hmm. former Alberta Pandas yeah. player. Uh, what about just, you know, because you used to go to Claire Drake and watch all the games and, yeah. and things like that, so... She was the best in the family. I'll throw the other two out of the bus, but she was the best right shot demon in the family, a national champion, and, you know, some stuff like that where, uh, you know, I I think the girls' program uh, never gets the same as the boys, but uh, at the end of the day, she did very well. They were very competitive every year. I think we went to three national champions. When COVID hit, we were Mm -hmm. down east uh, waiting for game one in in March, March 13th, 15th, something like that. So it... 
um, you know, we were ready to do it again. So, yeah, extremely proud. And in my office, I've got all their jerseys and uh, uh, hung up there. And Abby's national champion and Matt's uh, rookie jersey with the Oilers and and Michael's uh, Denver University NCAA championship uh, oh. jersey as well. Pretty cool. So office at Interstate Batteries. Yep. I've been in the shop. I've been in the office. Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty nice little area. It's a little area. bit of a sports yeah. office. It's a nice little area, you know. Yeah. How do you find time? Okay, and the Duke of Delburn, he's a big farmer too. So you got your, I mean, you're putting in the time on the land. You're going to the IBS here. Yeah. I mean, how do you find time here, big guy? Well, I just, uh, there's mornings and afternoons, you know. The technology <laughs> on the farms come a long way, and I've got really good staff at Interstate, and they uh, do a better job than I can do there. So uh, we're in good hands. <laughs> That's all state, not interstate. <laughs> uh, Brian Benning with us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. When we come back, uh, the much-awaited story from Philadelphia. I've heard it a few times, and it's such a good story. And I'm, I'm so thankful that Brian's going to share it. Uh, even Frank Saravalli, he's waiting He's waiting with bated breath in Philly because he's, well, these are the teams that I went and watched. These are the teams that I grew up watching the Flyers. So uh, more with Brian Benning on Sports 1440 right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program, 918 at Edmonton. Kevin Carries along with Brian Benning, who's uh, thankfully coming into the studio. Thanks for uh, coming in, uh, Benny. And we were just talking about Paul Coffey, you know, coming in now. He's been on the job, you know, three, four weeks here. And you got an interesting story about your time, a little bit younger than Paul, Mm -hmm. and when Paul first came to the Oilers. Yeah. So great guy, Paul Coffey. You played against him my 10 years pro and kind of looked up to him. I was an offensive guy. But anyway, I'm 13 or 14 years old. I'm going to say a bantam-age player, and it's his first year. I didn't know much about him. He wasn't having a great rookie season. It was before Christmas. He was, you know, struggling a little bit and this and that. And um, So anyway, I'm, I wait after practice, don't ask me. We must have had no school on the north end that day or what the deal was. <laughs> or you never went to school. <laughs> it was an option maybe. But, um, anyway, I go for an autograph. I wait after practice at the old uh, Coliseum, and they come up. They go to the parking lot. Everybody was waiting as they come out. I kind of went to more of the parking lot and waited there and got his autograph, and he uh, he said to me, do you play? And he struck up a conversation. He says, yeah, I'm left-handed offensive defenseman, and I just want to be just like you. And anyway, he said, well, why don't you come over here with me? And uh, so he brings me over to his car, and he opens up the back, and uh, he gives me a hockey stick. Oh, wow. And signs that hockey stick. Now, I know Staffy was probably a little bit chapped because he stuck, you know, he snuck a hockey stick out of the rink. But, you know, it's just different things like that that, uh, you know, really makes a difference for, for hockey players. And I, I think that's a, uh, I'll remember it forever. And, and I went on to play against him for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even to this day, we'll always talk uh, positively about that uh, situation how do you think he's doing now i think they kind of like him i I think that uh you know i i think that he you know his personality and uh you know dave manson was a teammate of mine he was my d partner right and you know but you gotta you've got to get to guys and you got to get the most out of them right and there's different things that you can point out and at the end of the day they play the game but at the end of the day you, you got to believe in them mm-hmm. and uh, you know those are the types of things and you start with little steps and you move on and you move on and you get better and confidence without confidence you can't play the game so it's up to you know the the staff to to show confidence and get confidence in players out there 
Brian Benning, our special guest in studio at Sports 1440, played 568 games in the National Hockey League, two seasons with the Philadelphia Flyers, which the long-awaited story, and I've heard this a few times, and it just I just howl every time I hear it. I think you can pretty well say it verbatim because it's it's a it's well it's 30 years ago for one thing. Yeah. Nothing bad bad happened really no, no. but it was a great story in the sense and just for those of you who don't know brian is a farmer as well got some uh, farms just uh, north uh, west of town i guess and and so you grew up on the farm so you did hunting and things like that when you were young and yeah. you carried that on to philadelphia so kind of yeah. Well, and wherever I went, we did a lot of trap and skeet shooting, and uh, we always, we always, you know, kind of took that anger out. Whether I was in St. Louis, even in L.A., they had some really good sporting clay facilities, and um, so anyway, we're in Philly, and there's a lot of hunting in there. I got a good hunting dog. Kevin Deneen and myself are on the team, and our wives are good friends. They go to school together at uh, Penn, and. Uh, so anyway, Kevin, Deneen, and I, we're going pheasant hunting, and uh, I've got a dog, he's got a dog, and uh, his dog just kind of tags along and uh, goes for the exercise, and my <laughs> dog is, you know, grabbing birds. So anyway, we go, and, and then we had a guy on our team, goaltender, Ronnie Hextall, that, oh, you know, his, his hunting story is better than our hunting story. So anyway, we say, well, we're going, we got this, this kind of land lined up with the farmer, and so we're going duck and goose hunting that day and hex he says well jesus maybe i'd like to go too and um i'm gonna go deer hunting and does the guy have a stand and you know yeah he's, he's a great guy he's got a stand for you hexy if you want to go now hexy's stories he had i don't know he had four kids <laughs> under the age of five so he wasn't sleeping very good and we we weren't winning very much so there's a lot of stress in philly and philly's a tough city for goaltenders and da 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 da, da. so anyway Hexy needs a little bit of a break. So we take Hexy, practice day, uh, light practice. We don't play for a couple days, da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, long story short, we go part of the farm. We go duck and goose, and Hexy goes deer. We got practice later on in the morning. We said, we got to be back at 8 o'clock. So meet us back, and Hexy's not at the vehicle at 8 o'clock. So, oh, Jesus, what happened? What happened? So the dogs are in, Kevin, Deneen, and I, we go try to find Hexy. Well, Hexy fell out of the tree stand because he fell asleep in the tree stand, and he fell, and, you know, he kind of, he, he hurt his arm. And so it's like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen. And, you know, we, we like to have some fun in the game, but you can't get hurt, right? That's the bottom line. I don't care if you're water skiing or falling out of tree stands, you can't get hurt. <laughs> So now the next is, oh, geez, what do we do now, right? And so long story short, and hopefully I don't get nobody in trouble over this, but we get Hexy back to practice. We get him in the back of the room of the trainer's room. The trainer gets him dressed and ready to go. His shoulder's pretty sore. And um, anyway, we get him out on the practice ice early somehow. And then a big kerfuffle happened about 10 minutes before and uh, Hexy's down. The trainer comes yelling, Hexy's down, Hexy's <laughs> down. <laughs> and one of the one of the assistant coaches for us in Philly, the guy who used to coach here in Edmonton, <laughs> he yells out, how could that be? Hexy is never out for practice early. <laughs> 
And so Hexy gets busted, and, uh, you know, he... Uh, so he had a sore shoulder. He the end result is, uh, you know, he was missed a, a couple, I'd say a couple days, maybe yeah. a week. Nothing too serious on a sore shoulder. So needless to say, Christmas time rolls around, and uh, the Christmas gag gift was we got Hexy a tree stand uh, with a seat belt <laughs> in it, so he wouldn't fall out of the next tree stand. <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing that. And I know there's some. Parts that's probably ninety nine percent of the story you told me last. You know. <laughs> I had to clean it up. A couple little, little areas, <laughs> couple little areas. No, it's, oh, it's good. Uh, text line open one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. This comes to for you, Brian. Brian coached me in Pee Wee Double A. I was one of the worst players on the team. Didn't play much, but he was the best coach I've ever had, and I never learned as much as I did from him. Uh, don't have a name on that. Send your name if you if you can on that one. But you did do a lot of coaching too. Yeah. You know, well, minor hockey with the kids and, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. What did you get out of that? I really enjoyed that. And I think that every, you know, it's a tough thing. I played the game. I come from a family that understands the game. And, and then when you send that knowledge to somebody else, um, you know, I always tried to find ways for kids to contribute. And it might be something as simple as just keeping them on their forehand in, um, in a position that they play. Where some people say, "Well, you can be on your backhand and play," and I don't believe in that. But, but anyway, um, you know, it, it's everybody needed to know that they were wanted, they were needed, and they needed to contribute, right? Like, you know, our third line—if you were that forward line—we'd probably give you the nickname of Crash Boom Bang. Mm -hmm. And those guys had a role. They were the energy line. It was Crash Boom Bang, <clears throat> and um, they were our penalty killers. And, uh, you know, they were our third power play, right? So, uh, you know, it was just opportunities out there. But I, I tried to teach the game to the kids and have fun. We had, we, I can guarantee you, we had lots of fun. Mm -hmm. And we always didn't win, right? You said about staying involved and being a big part of the team, third, fourth lines, maybe fifth, sixty. It's funny how the Oilers sometimes, people say you, they were getting away from that. At certain yeah. times yeah. in the last few years. Yeah. But when you... When you're that guy like a, a Derek Ryan or or whatever, you feel like you're contributing. That's, you have to have it. Everybody has two good lines. I don't care what team you're on, right? You have two good lines. And I know some are better than others. I get it. But that third and fourth line, if you go back to the teams that won, that third and fourth line was better than the other team's third and fourth line, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are situations that, uh, you know, is very important. And everybody needs to find a role. Uh, get involved and and be a part of it and 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 you know when you look at minutes and I always say, you know the good teams they average out their minutes and uh, and when you look at it in seven games in the playoffs, uh, four series you know you, you can't you've you can't play sometimes high minutes and you got to keep the energy right. Brian Benning with us on Sports fourteen forty former NHL defenseman. Uh, am I right in saying it's uh, coming up five years since your dad passed? Yep. Coming up, uh, yep. Brian's dad, Elmer, was a longtime scout for the Montreal Canadiens and um, just a, a wonderful hockey man. And, uh, you know, there were so many stories that he drove and drove and drove and drove yep. where he could have yeah, maybe taken it a little easier or whatever, but he just wanted to get to, to point A to point B and get back to the farm kind of yep. thing. Absolutely. What what are some of the bigger things and the, the things you learned from him, I guess, not just 
hockey, but life. So dad taught us a lot of, you know, farm lessons, right? But uh, dad, dad enjoyed driving, first of all. He was a farmer, grew up just outside Humboldt, Saskatchewan. And, and um, you know, it was, he was at the games. That's how he got involved uh, with a guy by the name of Del Wilson, who was a Western yeah. Canadian scout from Montreal. And, you know, brother Jim was playing and, you know, all that stuff that dad was at the games and he got a relationship. Anyway. You know, dad taught us how to work, um, you know, and he said, uh, you know, education is wonderful. Brother Mark went to Harvard, all the above, played hockey there, but he, he taught us how to work. And uh, so I think that, you know, that's what we learned from, from dad. Uh, you know, he was a fireman and he worked at uh, Safeways. He worked at Sears delivering, you know, uh, washer and dryer and fridges. And because the fire department is you have off days and, and shift work. So... I think that that was important, but, you know, he'd go to a game in Calgary and he would drive home that night because he needed to be feeding cows the next morning, right? And he would buddy up with, you know, uh, the San Jose scout and they would, you know, buddy up on driving there. One drives there, one drives back. And, you know, the other guy didn't work at the farm the next day, but dad was there, you know, at the farm the next day and feeding cattle. And that's what he enjoyed. So it wasn't work for him. I think is it a, a true story with how he was scouting Carey Price because he said we we got to take this guy yeah and I, he probably had you know I mean there's we always see that Eastern Canada Western Canada if you got especially Montreal you got the French you got English but yeah. he says this is our guy yeah. we have to take him yeah I remember him telling stories about two guys and they're mostly character stories about about the people right because there's lots of good hockey players uh, I think that what you have a tough time scouting is character but you know uh, there was two players I remember Dad talking about and Carey Price was one of them and Shea Weber was the other one right and um, you know even to this day they had an opportunity on Shea Weber at the draft and Bob Ganey um, after they didn't take him for the next whatever 10, 12, 14 years that he played uh, before he returned back to Montreal uh, reminded my dad I should have listened to you and we should have drafted him and you know they had an opportunity in the second round to take him and they didn't but but the character part of it was the mom and dad they worked hard you know this player is a gritty guy he um, he's a character guy and he's you know because money does different things to different people and you know sometimes without that character behind it you know guys get soft mm-hmm how much have you changed in the last, I guess, several years? Not like since you retired and from the hockey part, you know, still doing at interstate and still doing farming. But now you got grandkids coming in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What's How's that changed for you? It has. Matt's got two boys, uh, Miles and Colton, and they're th- three and one and a half. So it it's... Uh, it's a situation out there that it's a different pair of glasses that you see it from, yeah. right? And uh, the good news is, is we're the good guys. Sometimes when your parents, you're here again, you're all wound up. You're about this, you're about that. You're about teaching, learning lessons, all the above, and you maybe don't enjoy it as much. So I always say to the, to Matt and Janelle, just make sure you enjoy it. And, you know, Abby and, and Abby got married to Tyler this summer and, you know, enjoy it as, as an aunt and, uh, and then also, you know, use it as Polish birth control <laughs> because, 
because you know kids are a lot of work and people don't maybe don't realize it but you're you're in the war room every day and it normally starts early <laughs> uh we're, that was a close by wedding wasn't it somewhere in the country yeah uh, just yeah. outside uh in leduc between yeah. leduc and yeah. that a farm right, right, country yeah, yeah. uh i remember we were talking about that um uh, in the summer so <sighs> For you, do you still, okay, if you're watching hockey, I suppose now you got like, so obviously with Matt playing in San Jose, the games are later if you want to watch. If you want to watch a game with Mike, it's uh, probably on internet or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so how, how do you, like, are you watching a lot of the hockey? Or we ho- still are. Yeah. Uh, nothing as bad or as much as when they were all here because I had Matt with the Oilers, I had Abby at the U of A, <laughs> and I had Michael playing in Sherwood Park. So there'd be a lot of times we'd do double headers because girls would play in the afternoon, boys in the evening. Uh, you know, I'd go to Matt's game or Caroline would go to Matt's game. I'd go to Mike's game in Sherrod Park and just different things like that, right? So we really enjoyed it. Our best friends are around our hockey game and, uh, you know, people that we know from there and, you know, because of the sport, right? So now we just got to watch it on, you know, TV and stuff like that and, you know, kind of go from there. But... You know, they still phone after the games. Yeah. What did you see? What did you like? What would, I, what would you do over? I always ask the kids, rate themselves. And, and I did that as a coach, too. And I really found that kids, no matter what age they are, are always too hard on themselves. And, uh, you know, but it was another pair of eyes to say, well, yeah, maybe you could have made that play. But really, even by making that play, um, how much farther ahead are you? Is it a scoring chance? Is it a, a neutral zone play? Is it a D zone play? What's the deal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a different perspective of it. And they want to have that. I guess the input that you give them, yeah, because they, you know, you've had that relationship, not just as a dad but as a coach, yeah, which is important because yeah. it's a different and, set of eyes, as you say. You know, it, it, they want that feedback because every hockey player always wants to be better. For for every pat on the back, you got five or six negative things out there. You know, like I, how many times? You know, I don't care if you're Gretzky or who you are. You know, you're too, you're not strong enough. You know, you're, you, you should have shot, you mm-hmm. should have, you should have passed. And that timing, everybody should go watch a game from the first five rows of, of seats in the building because it is a really fast game and you don't get the ability like you do on TV to see the depth. Um, you know, it's a different dimension from there. And maybe up on, on the, in the sky view, you see the play develop. But down below, you know, it's tic-tac-toe. And, and I always say to the kids, and it doesn't matter peewee or pro, you need to know what you're doing with the puck before you get it. And I know at peewee you have time, but at pro you don't. Mm-hmm. So you're going to learn those skills as we go up, right? And so figure out. And then after that, it's execution. Brian Benning, our guest on Sports 1440. Text coming in from Stu. I played with Brian back in Pee Wee in the mighty Delwood Community League. We went all the way and won provincials from Stu. Was, hey. Must have been your D partner or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. Delwood was a great, uh, I would say, a great hockey facility. Uh, you know, that northeast end, there was some good wars between Londonderry and Delwood and Roslyn and Belvedere and Baldwin, right? Back in the day, there was a lot of... It's it's so different. Do you have a, uh, a comment to take on where... I guess things have gone with academies and, you know, like if, I mean, as you say, so 
Michael was playing for Sherwood Park Crusaders. Maybe 10 years down the road, that opportunity changes. Like mm-hmm. if with all the academies that are going on and kids are going to, you know, to do the scholastic thing academically as well as on the ice. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of them. Yeah. There used to be, when we were growing up, you went to Notre Dame or that was it. Yeah. Now there's there's literally dozens and dozens across Canada. It's really opened up. And, and you know, so part of... I think it's good and it's bad. You got to keep it in the right perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So the to learn on skill, and I would say the academies are there to learn on skills. Um, it's costing more and more and more. Um, we've had our kids in hockey academy in St. Albert, but they didn't play on the hockey team. There was no teams at the academy. It was just during school hours and skill sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael was our our only and then Abby sorry let me go back Abby we sent her to Calgary for an opportunity to play at edge lived with her aunt and uncle um, you know what I mean so it was it was tough for us to send her away at grade 11 and 12 but we knew she was in good hands and would I do it again probably not um, leave him as home as long as possible and then move on from there Michael played at 15 on an academy and uh, with a team at NAX, and then, and that was a it was a good opportunity. Um, but I think what was really important there is, you know, it was a stepping stone for the next one. Mike wasn't uh, a real big kid overall, so we kind of we wanted to keep him in in a size issue and play with all 15s. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake Sanderson was on that team or in that league in Calgary at Springbank and with the Edge. And just different opportunities like that. There's a lot of good players, right? So, you know what? It, it's a catch twenty two, and it 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 puts it, it it's changed the dynamics of mm-hmm. it across Western Canada. I would say because there's lots of teams now. Ryan Benning with us, uh, and uh, part of our in the community for United Sport and Cycle at United Sport and Cycle. <laughs> it is the fourth generation family. 95 years in business in the heart of Old Strathcona. Uh, been supporting hockey in our community for almost one century. Uh, when we come back, we're going to throw a, a little curveball at you, Benny, because you didn't know about this, but you'll t- partake in a thing we do. Are you in or are you out? The questions are, well, they're, they're, they're not really questions, but the Duke of Delburn has put these together. And maybe, just maybe, you and the Duke will be talking a little farming oh. after the break. Does that sound okay? That sounds good. That <laughs> sounds good. More with Brian Benning on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey's Brian Benning just kind of talking with his dad, Elmer. So he had the old Toyota. It Was at a Camry or a Corolla? Camry. Camry. So it had a million K on it? Yeah. yeah. He he used that thing for scouting, and he'd take it everywhere, and we always teased him. He was afraid of flying, but I think he was cheap. He just wanted the money to <laughs> the bill out whatever cents a kilometer. But he, you know, he always liked to come back, right? And so yeah. whether it was in Calgary or Red Deer or wherever, and you know, a lot of times in the AJ, he would scout people, and it would, you know, it would be an opportunity there to get some billing hours in, and uh, he used to pay the farm off. <laughs> um, we're We'll throw you into the fire here, Benny. Just do a little in or out. We've been doing this for a few weeks now, and even the Duke has put together this snazzy new intro. We had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. 
So we got a couple points here, counterpoints. Uh, Benji, if you want to just delve in a little bit with us, you're more than welcome. I think, you know, there's a few in, in here that are up your alley. But uh, Duke, let her rip. Tennessee Titans pull off the upset win last night over the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Coach Mike Vrabel, we talked about it earlier, seems to always motivate his team well, even if they might be a little uh, lacking in the talent side of things. Currently possesses a 53-42 and 42 record all-time with the Titans. Uh, been to an AFC championship game, wildcard game, and the division round. But all that considered, I'm saying Mike Vrabel will have more success in his next head coaching stint in the NFL than he has with the Titans. Well, where is he going? Could be anywhere. I think he's a really good coach. I think he is hindered by the Titans okay. as an organization. I'm going to go I'm in with this. I believe you, Duke, because you're the, our NFL guru around here. And because even though Tennessee won last night, I will say his next opportunity will have a better team. He'll have a few more horses. So I'm going to go I am in. And I like Vrabel. He's got the passion, former linebacker. You know, that's a coach to me. McDaniel there last night looked like he was disinterested. Could you find two more opposite oh, type of people? That, yes. And I mean, like, both great coaches in their own right, but mm-hmm. Mike McDaniels versus Coach Vrabel. Yeah. Polar opposites. Polar, yeah. I don't know. Benji, you want to say you're in? You were probably, I'm in. Yeah, he's, you're in. He's a player's coach all the way, and you know what I mean? He uh, he gets the most out of that team. Last night is an emotional win. Sticking uh, with our double stack of Monday Night Football, uh, all the focus on Tommy DeVito, his family there, and the stories all night long uh, from Buck and Troy about living with his parents and uh, his agent on the field and in the stands wearing what appeared to be some sort of pimp suit. Um, I'm saying a reality TV series created to follow the DeVito family would be worthwhile entertainment for oh. viewers. Yeah, I'm so in on this. It's not, <laughs> they should be. This should be on the air right now. I mean, this is a lost opportunity right now. What I mean, this is the New Jersey Housewives meets uh, what was it, all the those Sopranos? The Sopranos meets the uh, New Jersey Shore like meets meets like Entourage. Yeah, like, I, like I mean, it's got it all. This guy, the the agent. I mean, just that sequence suit with the I don't know that crazy hat on. I mean, this is a guy that. Plus, what I mean, he's probably thinking, I got to get this guy some endorsements right now. I got to get everything going. I got to strike while the iron's hot. Well, the the old the trench coat from the dad, the you know the blonde hair from you know Devito's mom, and you know the the food, the everything is it's it's a great story. And you know what? They win, and they like when you win in New York. And they I, do, and I they're winning. I don't know who it was in the stands. Like, kiss the agent on the cheek during the one, I think it was on the touchdown play. (laughs) And the entire stadium of MetLife doing the Italian hands gesture thing. Like, it is... It is really taken off, and uh, all the all the credit to Tommy DeVito. He's playing well down there in New York. Uh, shifting over to the NHL, this uh, made some waves late last night following the Avalanche's comeback win over the Flames. Uh, Miko Rantanen making some comments in response to his teammate's dad, Arturi Lekkonen's father, who is a NHL broadcaster in Finland, calling out Rantanen for his offseason training habits, uh, amongst a few other things. Rantanen kind of clapping back at him, saying that he made it all up and he won't stand for it. Um, I'm saying that uh, this type of behavior, interactions with media, would serve the NHL from a business perspective in a positive nature, similar to what we see with players going after each other in the NBA. I really don't know how to answer this one, to be honest with you. I, I would liked, I would have liked to see Rantanen say who the dad was. 
Just now, then he can go in the yeah, series. The, the, the he can go in the was, series with the with the uh, agent here in Devito. The quote was: "One of our Finnish NHL players' dad was talking shit about me." <laughs> That's what Rantanen said, uh, and then followed that up with saying it so was we made up, etc. Figure it out quite quickly here. I mean, there's not well, a it, lot. It, it was it was like on. It's recorded. It was mm-hmm. Art Lekkinen's dad, but he okay. doesn't. He doesn't actually. It's like throwing shade and kind of like. Trying to play it like passive aggressive, basically. Ah, maybe it's something uh, to deflect here. I don't know, but I don't know. You could go ahead. There's maybe. a time and place <laughs> yeah. for it, and I don't think that the, the dad uh, can comment on it uh, with what Rantanen has done in his career. And at the end of the day, you know, there's guys that work out and get injured, and there's guys that don't work out and get injured. And at the end of the day, what does he do on the ice, right? And so everybody knows what they need to do. Sometimes you need mm-hmm. to rest the body, uh, heal an injury, do whatever. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, some guys work out. I know guys that have worked out and had 3 and 4% body fat, and at the end of the day, they were always hurt. Mm-hmm. So, Not you know what I mean? Cushion. Exactly. So I, I think... It's just not the time or the place, uh, you know, especially in hockey. I think basketball is a little more. uh, (laughs) There's a flamboyancy to the personalities of how they are enter the league and how they portray themselves. Yep. It's way different. Yep. So. Tonight, the Oilers taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. A uh, high-profile game. It's going to be on ESPN down in the States. Uh, Connor Bedard versus Connor McDavid. I'm saying with the four different Connors playing tonight, Bedard, McDavid, Brown, and Murphy, whose uh, point totals four noticeably five. lack comparatively to the other two. Uh, I'm saying all four of them will record a point tonight to uh, make an evening out of it. Well, got to say out. I, I don't expect Connor Murphy to hit the score sheet, but I would, I'm would. i going to say only two out of the four Connors hit the score sheet tonight. So I'm out on this one. It'd be nice to see, you know, Bedard have a good game. I think a lot of fans are looking forward to seeing him play live. So yeah. lots of excitement, lots of, uh, lots of talk. And I think it'll, you know, there's two, the two are pretty dynamic, right? Um, I'm gonna go and just change it up. I think Connor Murphy. I played with <laughs> I played with his dad in Florida and in Philly. So uh, oh, okay. uh, I'll say that uh, he's a power play right-handed shot specialist. So he's gonna go. I'll go three out of the four. Okay, sounds good. That's gonna be an interesting. Uh uh, aspect to watch tonight. Yeah, it's one little fun yeah. thing to keep tabs on throughout the course of the game. Uh, last one for you guys. Uh, less than two weeks away until the uh, the big day, Christmas uh, on the twenty fifth. Sticking with a semi-sports question for the final one, uh, there is nothing better than, as a kid, receiving a new piece of hockey equipment under the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. Well, first off, Benny, how many how many hand-me-downs did you get from Brother Jim? I was the third, so if it was <laughs> if it was if it was sewn together, glued together, or taped together, I got it. But uh, you know, it's kind of a tough question. I think everybody wants presents at Christmas, but we always got our equipment in the beginning of the year, yeah. so there wasn't much for Christmas for hockey gear and it's, maybe a stick. Yeah, or mm-hmm. I I, I kind of look at even a sweater. You might might have got a sweater, an old Habs or Leaf sweater, because yeah. those are the two teams that you know when growing up, that's what you got, or maybe a Boston one. 
Oh, no, no, no. Not in your place. Montreal, Toronto, that's all there was. We only had three three channels back then. Yeah. (laughs) Duke, you must have got some good presents. Yeah, I mean, here. Yeah, I think think Brian hit it like a stick. That was always really, really special because, yeah, same as me. Like, um, I had older an older cousin and even, like, my older sister. So things like helmets, gloves, a lot of it was passed down. So if you were fortunate enough that Mm -hmm. maybe it hit a growth spurt at some point uh, and from the start of the season to the middle, you're like, yeah, I'm going to need a new, uh, new set of shin pads, whatever. It was just like something unique because you get to use it right away. Like if it's mm-hmm. a, a new helmet or gloves or sticking, you take it out onto the pond, literally Christmas afternoon, or maybe it's a, a something you wear more regularly the next week when you get back to practice or games. So as opposed to like a new ball glove or even anything like that, you have to wait usually. Like you're trying to break it in in your living room uh, the rest of the Christmas holidays by smacking a ball into it. doesn't quite hit the same as uh, going right out onto the pond and uh, testing out your new stick. Uh, text coming in for Brian. Uh, hello, Brian Benning. Proud to say you were a graduate of St. Joseph High School in Edmonton, and your dad played an important role in balancing school with sports and hockey. All the best. Andy S., the carpet guy, says, I'm really enjoying this interview with Brian. Knowledge of hockey is staggering, but the way he balances his stories with empathy for players and how character is so very important for all of us, not just hockey players, not just hockey, but in real life. Uh, thanks. That's Andy S., the carpet guy. Uh, Delwood Dave has sent in, I believe, a picture of uh, the Might Dream Team. <laughs> now, is this... I, the picture is here. The, well, I got to come look. Come have it. a look at this. This is the Delwood Mites win. Have you ever... Yeah, so you've seen this picture before? Oh. Who's, so who's the coach way in the back? We're, we'll probably put, put this on uh, our... We'll send a tweet out on this. I think we can. I'm sure Delwood Dave... Delwood Dave, can we send this out on the old Twitter? 1975-76. Ooh. So you guys won it all, the mites. I don't know. That was a long time ago. I'd have to go back to the diary on that one. (laughs) And then uh, Gordon D. wants to know, Kevin, can you ask Brian, did he play with the Kings when the Oilers and the Kings had a big brawl? Yes, I did, and I got stuck with Steve Smith, who was quite a bit bigger than me. But, yeah, I was on the ice when that happened, and there was a big brawl, and I think it was an emotional win for us, too, that game. And uh, I remember Bruce McNall after the game, uh, very happy for the win, but uh, that was when Gretzky got traded. There was a lot of – we had McSorley and Krusilniski, and there was a lot of bad – Bud between the mm-hmm. two teams. Is it 89, 90, well, 89, 90 or 9, 90, 91 probably in there? Oh, geez. Yeah, I was around I mean, there. You had, a, well, you had 127 penalty minutes in, in uh, 1990, 91. Just a fierce. I wasn't a choir boy. A fierce, <laughs> a fierce competitor. That's right. Okay. <laughs> they always used to say, well, what did you get the pims for? Well, two for slashing or hooking when guys were going by me. That's, this is me talking. And then 10-minute misconduct on the way to the penalty box telling the ref to go where, you know, yeah. go. So that's how they added up. Oh, no, no. We weren't allowed that. Oh, that was yeah. an extra fine if you got 10-minute really? misconduct. Yeah, yeah, that was a... Oh, well, I just can't thank you enough for coming in, Brian. I know you're really busy. And, and, and with the farm, everything's going... I always... I phone you right around harvest... And you're either in, either you know either in a tractor, combine, truck, yeah. whatever, hauling something. But I enjoy that conversation because you're like, we're just ripping her off right now. That's causing the dust storm out here. <laughs> I remember you called me this year. We were, we were combining and between getting stuck and putting it in the bin that was busy. But there's another thing. Yeah, I mean, and Duke talks about it all the time. Just to, to be a farmer, it's tough. You guys, between... All the hours, all the work, but then when you throw the variable in of weather, mm-hmm. I mean, 
It's a very unique situation with the job because of you put the seeds in, you don't know what your input's going to be. At the battery shop, I know what my costs are. I know what I got to sell for. I know what I got to do to make a little bit, you know, and da-da-da-da-da, right? So, but none of that, it's the biggest risk in farming. You mm-hmm. don't know weather. You don't know harvest. You don't know markets. It's the the aspect of what I like. I grew up in the city. I didn't grow up on the farm. Dad did. I didn't. I enjoy equipment. I enjoy machinery. I enjoy the growth. I enjoy the dirt. And there's something to say that when you grow it, and you get it off, it's rewarding. And uh, that's what I like about it. Do you think uh, you and Caroline can ever get the garlic going? You know what? It's been a big challenge. So, uh, yeah, I kind of overtook that this year here. She, you know, she kind of struggled uh-huh. a little bit. She's, she's got a couple different strategies she's going about it. But uh, I did a little test pilot this year, and I'll let you know this <laughs> summer how she turns out. But uh, uh. Uh, we've got some, some of Kevin's... Uh, Monster garlic here, and uh, so we're just looking for the final recipe. Just need to get just that nice, uh, yeah. Well, you could plant it in the winter too, you know. We did. I put it in. You did. Before, it. I put it in. Oh, yeah. What, like October, November here? Oh, yeah. November. Okay. We put her in the dirt. We put some straw over top, Ooh. and we let a little protection there and frost, and put it in a little deeper this year. So hopefully, good things happen in the spring. I can't wait to see this bountiful crop growing next uh, next spring. Uh, Benny, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. Good talking to you. I love the all the stories are great. And we could probably go for hours and hours. We have in the past. So thanks for coming in. Well, you still got to tell us, you know, some of your, uh, I've got a couple <laughs> you want, you stories. Want little we, jo- I need to steal your microphone <laughs> he and wa- lead you into. <laughs> he wants me to tell the little Johnny at confession story, which is technically okay. Yeah, I agree. But I, it's probably yeah, it's like a little bit borderline, but it's a, it's a, I told Father Mike the story. He loved it. I, I think you can get away with yeah. it. Now, I, I, I'm not sure about the crossword puzzle one, but that's another story. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Benny. Appreciate it. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk NBA hoops with the Toronto Raptors play-by-play broadcaster, Eric Smith. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show right after the break on Sports 1440. Before that, here is the Duke with the Sports 1440 update.